Hey guys, and welcome back to the shoot around on Tuesday, January 2nd. I'm Nick Carvel. Alongside me is Mr. Chan and Adam Beerman. Uh, on today's show, we will have our first guest join us in a bit. But before we hear from him, we got to talk Celtics with our Causeway update. Now an impressive 30-10 and 10 on the season and winners of three straight games, but no win more impressive than last Thursday's game against the Rockets, rallying back from down 26 points and end up taking a one-point victory. Now guys, I want to talk about this game specifically because I had the luxury of being in the garden that night and also because I want to hear your opinion on what the Celtics had to do to fight back into the game. I was in London for the game. It started at around 1 a.m. my time, and I figured I'd watch the first half and see how it was going and decide if I wanted to watch the second half. And as the first half was transpiring, I just it was kind of absurd how badly they were getting beaten. Uh, so I tried to go to bed, and throughout the third quarter, I just I couldn't fall asleep. So I rolled over, and I checked my phone, and it was an 11-point game. So I decided to turn it back on, and uh, it, it was it was kind of like the Super Bowl for me, where everything that could have gone right did go right. Um, I mean, there were some things that I probably would have liked more, like Marcus Smart missed a wide-open three with about 50 seconds left that probably would have made the win a lot easier, but, I mean, you can't really complain. I just thought it was a, a really impressive display on national television, which they don't they don't have often. Um, I thought it was just a credit to their defense and their mentality. You know, in the timeouts, I think Coach Stevens was telling the guys, just keep hitting singles, just keep hitting singles. Um, I like that it wasn't trying to get everything back at once. They were chipping away possession by possession. Um, I loved how James Harden just had a complete meltdown at the end of the game because I don't think we win that game unless Harden has a complete meltdown, which he did. And it, it happened before the offensive uh, offensive foul calls. Um, I think they were up five with less than five, less than three minutes left. And Harden just seemed to be content to do a crossover with 22 seconds left and jack up a deep three. So I think those possessions definitely helped out the Celtics too. And when his three didn't go, I felt like, you know, talk about players, talk about intangibles. Um, Harden puts up such good numbers, and he's such a talented scorer. But the problem is, when the game's on the line, when it really counts, he dwells a lot on missed shots and missed calls. And I think at the end of the day, his dwelling on his missed missed shots and whatever he felt like was missed calls, um, just he just unraveled. Well, I think the biggest issue was confidence. You know, that first half, the Seas didn't seem confident with any of the shots they were taking. And uh, I thought they were trying to dribble through defenders way too often. Everybody was trying to play hero ball. But, you know, I now looking back at the second half, we can assume that Brad talked to the team at halftime. But Terry Rozier, I saw, specifically credited Kyrie Irving for huddling the team together at half and saying, listen, guys, like, we may be down, but this is going to be a great test to show what kind of character this team has. And, uh, you know, they came out that second half motivated, determined, and they really took that second half and just inched back one possession at a time. And I just thought it was a great thing to see. All right, come. All right, now as we move into the new year, I just wanted to take some time for each of us to talk about our favorite Celtic moment from 2017. We'll go down the line. We'll start with you, Mr. Chan. My favorite moment of 2017? Um, it's tough. There are so many favorite moments. Uh, but if, if I were to pick, it would probably be getting Kyrie Irving in a trade. I know it's a controversial trade, but I think that this, this sets us up for the future. Um, 
you know, the trades that we did in the offseason, um, the way that things are falling right now, uh, if you look at the standings, the Lakers have the second worst record in the league, and their schedule is not going to get any easier. Um, I think that they're struggling a lot. There's chemistry issues. That team is starting to crumble. So I think that this gamble could pay off very well if the ping pong balls fall our way. Um, you know, we got Kyrie Irving for the Nets pick, which is not going to be top five. And we got Jason Tatum while getting a potential number two to five pick for this coming offseason when the draft is going to be stacked. All right, Adam. For me, it has to be the Game 7 win against the uh, the Wizards. Um, while, that, that, while that was the old team, it kind of symbolized that they've gotten over the hump from potential contender to someone who's on the brink of something special. Um, they, they The past few years, they couldn't get out of the first round. They couldn't do anything big, and here they are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Sure, they got blown out, but just the fact that they're there speaks volumes, I guess, and I feel like that was a really important uh, stepping stone that Danny Ainge saw, and I guess it kind of helped him view the uh, the blowout against Cleveland, helped him view how he can get better, which they obviously have. Yeah, well, my favorite Celtic moment from 2017 also came during that Washington series. It was uh, game two when Isaiah dropped 53 on what would have been his sister's birthday. And, uh, you know, looking back at it, we can now see that Isaiah was battling a pretty gruesome hip injury throughout that entire series, throughout the entire postseason, really. And, um, you know, it just shows the kind of heart that he had and the love for the city. When Isaiah recognized me at his camp uh, as the Celtics dancing kid, you know, he and I talked it up for a little bit, and it was just, you know, good catching up with him. Hope I can see him tomorrow at the January 3rd game. My favorite off-court memory would probably have to be at the uh, Celtics Open practice. Uh, I got a shirt signed by Kyrie, which is pretty cool because it isn't often where a top 10 NBA player could uh, sign your shirt. So, yeah. Old cool. statement from Adam Favorman, top 10 NBA player, oh, yeah. Kyrie Irving. And Mr. Chan, what about your favorite off-court moment? My uh, favorite off-court moment was uh, actually being able to shake Coach Stevens' hand. Uh, All-around good guy. Uh, if I could, I would try to have, you know, have, have an opportunity to try to pick his brain sometime about some X's and O's and some coaching things. All right, coming up, we'll be joined by our first special guest, and we'll get his take on the current state of the NBA as well as his opinions on the Celtics today. Welcome back, everyone. And as promised, we are joined by our, by our first special guest, Jamie Zeff, general manager of the Boston Palm Steakhouse, which is a very prestigious t- restaurant, to say the, like, the least. Jamie, we're glad to have you. How's it going? Going great, man. I'm happy to be here. Am I, am I the inaugural first guest? That you are. Wow, good. What an honor. Yep. All right. Uh, so, Jamie, you're from the area, but have you always been a huge Seas fan? I have always been a huge Celtics fan for as long as I can remember. I've been bleeding green. Uh since I was old enough to watch basketball, probably. I love it. I love it. So uh, I had a brief stint where I where I had a bit of a love for the Clippers before the Doc Rivers era, but I was always first and foremost a Celtics fan. All right, that's good. That's good. We always yeah. bleed green on the shoot around. So uh, who have been some of your uh, heroes that you've seen play for the Celtics? That's a great question. I think, you know, I think Paul Pierce is one of the all-time greats that played for the Celtics, not just because of his basketball ability, but for his, you know, his ties to the community and just he was Boston, which I thought was really cool. I mean, the Celtics saw some dark years with him there and, you know, he kind of led the team through it and led the charge to get the team back and, 
you know, then there was 08, which, um, you know, we all know what happened there. And he just really embodied a leader. And, and that's important for our team to have. All right. Well, Jamie, we can't have you on the show today without addressing the elephant in the room that you called the Isaiah Kyrie trade. Even when I said it was never going to happen and you did not hesitate to rub it in my face, you called it, uh, you know, even before the rumor to the Celtics was even uh, public. So, Jamie, tell the people about, like, your sources and how you knew the trade had a very good chance of happening before it was official. All right. So this is one of my favorite stories, and this is actually how, uh, you know, Nicholas and I got this got this relationship that we have. And I certainly wasn't going to bring it up on your show. I was going to let you bring it up if you wanted to. But I'm more than happy to talk about it to all your listeners. Go ahead and uh, embarrass me. Yeah, I have uh, – you know, I have some people that I'm very fortunate enough to to meet the people that I do, and I happen to know some people that work close with the team and close enough to Danny where when things happen, people start talking, which is the way it works. Now, I'm very careful with what I say and what I don't because a lot of rumors obviously daily come up with the Celtics, you know, but there have been a couple where I have let slip to you because of your passion for the sport. You know, I, at one point I was hearing that Marcus Gasol was a possible name, and that very quickly dropped, but something was different about Kyrie, and I had first heard that Kyrie, you know, Danny was making a run at Kyrie and Isaiah was involved. I wasn't sure about the uh, about the Crowder piece and what else was going to go with it, but I had a feeling it was going to involve the Brooklyn pick, and uh, I sent a text message to you actually telling you that I had some sources claiming that Isaiah was going to go from Kyrie. And what and, uh, did I respond I, with? <laughs> I, I think your, respo- your response was, who's your sources? Your mom is what I believe happened. <laughs> yep, that's, that's exactly that's, how it went down. That is what you told me. So within the, next, within the next hour or two, I think the trade pretty much came to life. And I actually had your uncle sitting in my restaurant at the time that it happened, as well as your mom sitting in the restaurant uh, when it happened. And I had you know, let them know that you and I were talking so I think it was probably about an hour and a half after our initial exchange that the deal the deal on the media's end was pretty much official. And I had texted you and I said, well, I guess my mom was right. And uh, you were in no mood to talk about it, of course, because of your relationship with Isaiah and what Isaiah brought to the city. But uh, yeah, it was it was funny to watch go out. It was something that I've reminded you of probably every time I've seen you ever since and something that I will probably tell everybody that ever brings up your name to me, you know, forever. Great. Well, thank you for talking about it on the show. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, it was a great trade. You know, at the end of the day, I completely understand your, uh, your ties to Isaiah and what Isaiah did for this city. But as a, as a fan of the Boston Celtics, Kyrie has taken a leadership role that, you know, has made every player stronger and it was business is business. Yeah, 100%. It definitely made us a better basketball team. It was a great basketball decision, but it just it just hurt because Yeah, I hear you. close to Isaiah. All right, now I know this is something that you wanted to talk about, which is where is LeBron going to end up after this season? I have my opinion, you have yours. Let's see if we see eye to eye in this one. Where's LeBron sure. going to end up? So my my opinion on this topic has actually changed throughout the season. Uh, if you had asked me, and I think we actually talked about it a while ago, but I my answer at the beginning of the season would have been I would have said he's going to the Lakers. You know, I think with what everybody expected Ball to do, uh, you know, Paul George ultimately saying that he wanted to go to the Lakers. I I thought that the Lakers with the cap room they have were going to end up coming up with a big super team that I think everybody was going to go for throughout 
you know, the season and, and we would have seen just a ridiculous year of basketball next year where the Lakers would have just on paper beat everybody else in the NBA. Um, I think that's changed. Uh, I don't think, obviously, Ball is the next coming. I think the Celtics made a great move there, too, in trading, you know, getting the pick that we got. But I would say at this point, I think that Houston is is a is a possible home for him. If I was him, that's certainly where I want, would want to be with James Harden playing like he is before even getting injured. And if Chris Paul stays healthy, that team's unbeatable. Well, guess what? We do see eye to eye on this one. I had him going to Houston as well. I, yeah, think, he'd which, be, I think he'd be a great fit. I, I think he'd be a phenomenal fit. I think it's very bad news for the rest of the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think that team you put, to, like I said, on paper, Chris Paul is a variable because he just he never can seem to stay healthy for a season. You know, Harden is, a, is an unbelievable player, but I think that Golden State can't tie Houston's shoelaces once that trade's done. Yeah, and I feel like that Western Conference Finals would really be the NBA Finals if LeBron ended up going west. Especially Absolutely. It's great news for the Celtics because it kind of spreads out the East a little bit and takes the Cavs out of the running. Yeah. But for the West, I, I that would be an unbelievable series to watch. All right. So um, what, have, uh, what have been some of the incredible NBA experiences you've had while working for the Palm? Tell us uh, your favorite story involving an NBA player, team, and, and also your restaurant. Sure. Uh, we actually, so we did some catering for the Celtics, actually. I would say last season, I think it was, we did probably 60% of their home games in the locker room. We would pregame cater, which got the you know the Celtics talking about us a little bit and got our name spread throughout the locker room. And we got a call that, if you remember last season, the day after Thanksgiving game was against San Antonio. And we actually got the Spurs... We opened about a half hour early, and the Spurs spent Thanksgiving with us uh, and had their whole team, all the coaching coaching staff come in. So we got Greg Popovich, we got Tony Parker, we got Pogasol. It was really cool because I actually lined, you know, the seats in front of our private dining room. I strategically sat, you know, some guys that I, I thought would be really interested in basketball and noticed the people when they came out. You can't really miss Pogasol if you're – you know, a basketball fan. He's got a very distinctive look to him. Yeah. But it was cool. He was, you know, he was walking around the dining room on his way out. Tony Parker was saying plenty of stuff to everybody. And Greg Popovich, actually, I remember, two buses pulled up in front of the restaurant. Greg Popovich walks up to me at the host inn and he said, how you doing? My name's Greg and I have a reservation. And I said, I know who you are, Pop. And it, it was, he was an incredible guy. He was so grateful that we were there. And it was just a really, really cool thing to watch these larger-than-life superstars have Thanksgiving together like normal people. That's amazing, man. Yeah, it was a, it was a great story. Um, he was very gracious to our servers, to our staff, that for just being there on Thanksgiving. It was a really cool thing to be a part of. And also, I've gotten to be inside the Celtics locker room uh, pregame, midgame, and postgame, which is a lot of fun and a cool experience as well. Um, we actually, whenever we do pregames, we actually set up in Coach Stevens' locker room for the players. So it's it's a really cool perspective to get back there and, and see what they do on a day-to-day basis before they actually go out in the arena in front of thousands of people. That's incredible. you got to take me to that sometime. <laughs> I will. That's the plan. That was always the plan. We, uh, we stopped doing it a little bit this year because they had a change in personnel. But hopefully next year we'll be able to pick that back up. That'd be awesome. All right, this is kind of going along with restaurant business again if you could have one nba player of all time come into the palm for dinner and sit down and have dinner with you 
who would it be and why? So I have two answers to that. Uh, my first answer would be Michael Jordan because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to, if you're a basketball fan, how are you not picking Michael Jordan's brain? And the second of which wouldn't be a player, but it would be personnel, and that's Mark Cuban. I would want Mark Cuban to come in all day long because I he's probably on my top five lists of people in the world that I would like to have a beer with. Yeah, that's awesome. I like, I like that answer for yeah. sure. Yeah, both of those would be, I mean, sports-wise, I want to talk sports with Michael Jordan. Again, why not? And everything else to do in life-wise, I would love to ask Mark Cuban's advice on. So uh, I understand we're going to be collaborating on a, a giveaway for one of our listeners. So do you want to explain what that uh, what we're giving away? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give the shoot-around uh, dinner for two, which is going to be a value at $250 to the Palm Restaurant in Boston at the Financial District, which is uh, probably probably 10-minute walk from the garden, so you can use it prior to a game. Um, if you, you know, however you guys want to use that to give away, that's I'm, I'm on board with, and I'm more than I'm excited to see who wins it and who comes in and tries out our restaurant. All right, Jamie. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate you, appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. Uh, but before you go, you want to tell the fans about what your sources have been saying recently about the next big move coming from the Celtics as we sign off? Yeah. It's, so the last thing I heard was I heard that Danny was very, very – and I mean this is no secret here in the city, but I've heard Danny is very persistent on pursuing Anthony Davis. And I know that this is something that you and I have talked about in the past. Uh, yeah, Anthony Davis would be good for our team. I personally, if I could talk to Danny on the phone tomorrow and he had any reason to listen to me, which clearly he doesn't because he's great at what he does, leave it alone. I, I don't want to see anybody go anywhere. I want to see what this team can do. And, and once you bring Hayward back, it's a whole different team. Like, Don't fix something if it's not broken, I hope, but that's what I'm hearing. All right, I, I agree with you 100%. I think we should just you know stay put and steer the course. Absolutely. Well, thanks, guys. It was my pleasure. All right, yeah, Jamie. Thank, thank you. you. All right, guys, you heard it from Jamie Zeff that there's going to be a giveaway for dinner for two at the Palm Restaurant in Boston. I know I wish I could have that, but one of you lucky listeners is going to be getting it instead. So how can you win the Palm giveaway? All you need to do is follow us on Instagram at the shootaround and comment on the post that I will be, I'm going to be posting tonight, hashtag the Palm Boston. That's all you need to do is comment hashtag the Palm Boston on my post that I will be posting tonight, January 2nd, and you'll be entered to win. And we'll pick, a, we'll pick a winner for our next show, which will be sometime next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been Nick Harvell, Mr. Chan, and Adam Faberman signing off.